and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor here at Horse and Hound. Well, it's been an incredible week for British horse sport. A new dressage world champion in Lottie Fry and Team Silver too. It's a massive congratulations to all of our riders out in Herning and to all the support teams who keep the show on the road as well. We'll be kicking off our podcast by reviewing that action for the World Dressage Championships in Denmark. We'll cover the team competition and the Grand Prix special this week. By the time you listen to this, the freestyle in Herning will have happened too, but it happens just the evening before our podcast comes out. So we're saving that review for next week, which gives us all the more time this week to focus on Lottie and Glamourdale's amazing performance in the Grand Prix special. Lottie came in and absolutely blew it out of the water. Considering this was a Danish crowd, they went wild for her. We'll then move on to talk about the Festival of British Eventing at Gatcombe and all the big winners there. Tom McEwen on Lunar Mist went very early in the show jumping. It was about eight o'clock in the morning. The horse made it look so easy, I just thought everyone's going to go clear. And it actually, it made a bit of a nonsense of how hard everyone found it later on. There were poles going everywhere. So, as always, we've plenty to get through. So pop that rosette on your bridle and let's get started. Hello, I'm Lucy Elder, Senior Newswriter at Horse and Hound, and I'm joined today by Horse and Hound's dressage editor, Polly Bryant, who is in Herning for the Echo FEI World Championships. Hi, Polly. Hi, Lucy. How are you, Polly? How is it all there? Oh my gosh. Um, Well, I think we're all just starting to come back down to earth after the excitement of the last few days, uh, which we'll obviously talk a lot about today. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And just to put into context for our listeners, we're talking the morning after Lottie Fry's fantastic Grand Prix special gold medal at the Blue Hall FEI Dressage World Championships. What a night. I mean, Polly, can you describe to those of us following from home what, what the moment was like when she won? Well, It's sort of hard to know where to start, really. Her test was absolutely out of this world. There's just no other way to to describe it, really. The crowd, when she finished, bearing in mind this is a Danish crowd, they had just seen their their darling, Catherine Lordrop Dufour, finish her test on Vamos Amigos, which was wonderful, and she got a super score. And then Lottie came in and absolutely blew it out of the water. Considering this was a Danish crowd, they went wild for her and it was such a special moment. I was shaking so much as her test came to its conclusion. And then the most amazing thing was to be right next to her at the moment where she discovered that she was world champion. And she was in the middle of a TV interview out in the mix zone. And we were all sort of crowded around waiting for, well, obviously hearing what she had to say in her first interview, waiting to chat to her ourselves. And um, they were talking about her test. And then Isabel Veth was in the ring. um, And of course, she, you know, she was the only one left to go. It would have had to have been a a massive PB for her to beat Lottie. But as Lottie said herself at the time, you can never underestimate Isabel. And so we were all there on real tenterhooks, not quite, you know, willing to believe that she had actually won it. Um, And then Isabel finished her test. Uh, The score wasn't wasn't as high as Lottie's. And um, and yeah, it was uh, it was British Equestrians Winnie Murphy who said to Lottie, Lottie, you're you're officially world champion. And it was just such an incredible moment. Everyone started clapping her. She didn't know what to say. <laughs> I think she cried. Oh, it was brilliant. 
I can hear it in your voice there because the mix zone's always such a such like a hub of hive of energy mm. and excitement anyway isn't it but for it to be a moment like that volume must have been unbelievable yeah it really was I've been lucky enough to report at some fantastic championships and to have been in lots of of mix zone environments um and to have um you know and, and to have been there before when other champions are uh sort of crowned if you like but for it to be a British champion as well um this is the first time I've reported at a dressage championship where a Brit has won an individual gold um it hasn't happened since Charlotte and Vallegro in uh, Rio in 2016 and yeah it was it was a very very special moment not one that I'll forget in a hurry so and just to clarify for our listeners as well when we're talking about the mix zone that is the area where riders and athletes come to to chat immediately after their tests mm. and so you often get quite a lot of riders quite a lot of press in there and it's all playing out in real time which is what makes it so exciting yeah exactly so let's have a chat about her test because my goodness me I was watching from home on a tiny iPad with a broken screen and I had goosebumps so yeah talk me through what was so exciting about it well I think, and I don't think she'll mind me quoting her here, I think Louise Parks from the FEI had the most amazing uh, way of summing up Lottie last night. And she said that Lottie looks like an angel and rides like a demon. And that is so true because Lottie is the loveliest girl. She's absolutely so sweet, such a lovely person. When she gets in that arena, she has the most amazing steely game face I think I've ever seen. <laughs> and she absolutely rode in there like she meant business. She had to come in after, as I said, Catherine Lodge up to four. The crowd went wild for her. There was so much applause. But the thing is, with, with Lottie and with Glamourdale, her incredible black stallion, who is owned by the Van Osts in the Netherlands, where Lottie is based, um, both of them really rise to that kind of atmosphere. And um, she went into that arena knowing she had to produce something really special, and she did. Their test was beautiful. They had no real mistakes. There was a slight sort of a, a bumpy jump into canter, the, the trot to canter transition in the special, which actually a lot of riders often say is is much much harder than you would think. And well, p- passage to canter, I should say, sorry. This horse's canter, though, is just something else. Um, he scored tens for his canter when he won the seven-year-old World Breeding Championship in 2018. And it has just got better and better and better and um in her grand prix and again in her grand prix special there were audible you know really loud gasps from around this massive stadium when he set off into his extended canter when he did his two-time tempi changes when he did his one-time tempi changes uh lottie actually said that today or sorry yesterday unlike in the grand prix she heard the crowds gasping she said she was almost wow. waiting for it because i i well lots of people including me had mentioned it to her after her grand prix um she scored almost straight 10s for her extended counter. The judge who didn't give her a 10 for extended counter, I'd really like to know what she, what more she would have liked to have seen, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> but, you know, they just pulled it out of the bag. And the thing with Glamourdale is he has the most unbelievable power, but he's also so relaxed. They are, present such a harmonious picture. And to combine that kind of harmony with that power, that is something we we very rarely see in dressage and that is what everybody wants to achieve and that is what they nailed it was so incredible wasn't it just the feeling that that must give and you can see it in the photos as well the that lift off the ground that power and as you said Lottie is such a lovely person Mm. she's so little as well um (laughs) and yet to see that power and how it looks so effortless for him to come back to her and things as well it really is 
it's magical, isn't it? As you said, to watch. So it yeah. really, really is. And she, um, we'll, we'll obviously talk more about the Grand Prix later. But she had one sort of, uh, well, blip in her Grand Prix, which her pirouettes. Um, and the horse sits so much, she sometimes loses a bit of balance and sort of swings around in that circle. Um, and her her score really dropped with the pirouettes in the Grand Prix. And um, Lottie said after the after her Grand Prix, she said, oh, God, gosh, I'm going to have to really find a way to fix those before before tomorrow night. You know, there wasn't very much time. Um, and she said that uh, Anna Van Olst, who owns Glamourdale and trains Lottie, apparently didn't didn't sleep on Sunday night because she was up all night sort of wondering and worrying about how Lottie was going to be able to fix those pirouettes. Gosh. But um, Lottie said that she obviously was chatting with Anna and she also uh, chatted with Isabel Verth, of all people, um, about how to how to improve those pirouettes and she nailed them she nailed them in the special they were brilliant that is such fascinating insight isn't it how and into that level of analysis and how riders go about things Mm -hmm. like that and i think that's probably why we are seeing her as our new world champion yeah it was just absolutely fabulous lucy what what did you think you were obviously watching it on a screen which i mean it's like you said it's not quite the same in terms of atmosphere as seeing it in the stands but you actually probably saw a lot of it much closer up than I did um the stadium here is huge so I was right at the front but I was still quite far away yeah absolutely and the coverage was it was excellent so I did get to see a lot of it and it was like you said a Grand Prix test was fabulous um but this even went up a notch from that in my opinion from what I was watching and I'm sat on my own, like I said, with my <laughs> little broken iPad and uh, the cracked screen. And it was, but even watching it through that, I got the feeling I was watching something really special. And that, as a journalist and as one that's really interested in sport, particularly equestrian sport, is for those moments that you think, this is why I do it. This is mm. why I follow this sport, is to see that level of connection and brilliance really Mm. um there's no other word for it so yeah it was it gave me goosebumps when I was sitting here watching and and obviously I'm a Brit so I'm supporting the Brits (laughs) but she was my clear winner I'd say um there were lots of very good tests but she was definitely the standout winner for me Definitely. The other thing that I that I really loved about her test actually was um, her final centre line, and um, I spoke about it in my in my report that I that I've already filed about the uh, the team competition. The the crowd here love to clap the competitors down the centre line, and um, normally that doesn't really happen until the freestyle. But today they were clapping people down the the, la- the last line on day one. Uh, you know the people they were really enjoying their their tests, and of course that can go either way. And again, we'll talk about that a bit more um, and some of the effects that had on on some competitors. Um, but I mean for Lottie and Glamadale, Lottie said that he really just rose to that that sound of that clapping he really loved it and they they passaged down that last half of the centre line just looking as though they were having the best time and then he halted square stock still she dropped her hand in her salute and he just stayed there like an angel honestly it was amazing she got tens for that final halt with the crowd going wild with the around crowd. her yeah yeah <laughs> i remember speaking to lottie um last year actually for a horse and hound podcast interview and she said then how she kept the the medal that she won in tokyo under her pillow <laughs> and i think it's going to be 
getting quite crowded under there now for medals, <laughs> which is a nicer problem to have, I think. Definitely. She's definitely got a few in the bag. And this this was her first individual medal. And yeah, very, very wonderful that it's gold. And like you were saying, we feel so privileged to do this job. And it was so great to be able to chat to Lottie after she became world champion. Uh, let's hear what she had to say about her gold medal winning test. Everything was incredible today. Um, the second he entered the arena, he could hear the crowd cheering for Catherine and we heard her score. He definitely heard it too. And we knew what we had to beat. And yeah, he just went for it. He was completely incredible in there and just gave everything. Everything was better than yesterday. One tiny blip, but apart from that, yeah, he, he is just the most amazing horse in the world. Oh, it gives me goosebumps again just hearing her talking about it. <laughs> again, you can hear the emotion in her voice and what it means to her as well. What a moment. And of course, there were two other Brits in the Grand Prix special who also had great results. Uh, we cannot forget about them. Give us a rundown. Tell us what happened there, Polly. Oh, well, it was a fantastic evening for, for the Brits and, you know, not just for Lottie Fry. Um, the other two British riders in the special were Charlotte Dujardin riding Imhotep and Gareth Hughes on Classic Brailinka. And they both finished within the top seven, which is just an absolutely phenomenal result for, for Britain, for both of those riders. Charlotte said, uh, you know, coming into this, she really had no idea how Imhotep was going to, to react, to behave. Um, he's only nine years old and this is... I mean, it's his first championship, but he has done so little, even at home. He um, He's done two international shows. Only one of them was abroad. Uh, and, and I think there was very little in the way of crowds there and, and atmosphere. Um, yeah. And uh, they they sadly had to withdraw from the Hartbury CDI uh, in July because the horse had suspected colic signs. Um, as it turned out, it was a bit of dehydration. But of course, they had to uh, act with the horse's best welfare in mind. They had to pull him out, which did, did deny them what would have been a really valuable um, final run ahead of this championship but the thing with Charlotte Dujardin is you just cannot underestimate her or her horses and she she rode a brilliant Grand Prix and another brilliant Grand Prix special they scored 77.52 uh and you know to be sixth in the in the world <laughs> with that little experience I I really think that Imhotep is a horse to be very very excited about um and then just below them on the leaderboard was Gareth Hughes um Gareth was thrilled with his test on Classic Brilinka which was yeah as we said enough to finish seventh an amazing achievement for them Gareth actually rode his Grand Prix test on day one with COVID and he wasn't feeling very well at all. But luckily he had tested negative and was feeling much better by the special. And I really think it showed that performance had a bit more oomph. Um, it was just lovely to watch. And I asked Gareth for his thoughts on it right after he came out of the arena. So let's hear what he had to say. Today she felt really calm and relaxed. I could ride a lot more positively. You know, she doesn't have huge natural scope to her basic paces. But all the collective work, she's got such good uh, good mechanics and she's so regular and mm -hmm. you can really ride her on the marker. And, and I feel I can ride nice as well. And I yeah. think that's really important these days is because I think even though we want to do as well as I can, I, or, or as we want, I think that nice riding should always be in the forefront of our mind. And I feel like I ride nice. So if I come out and I feel like I've ridden nice, we've done mistake-free tests, I'm happy with my horse, then where we finish, I don't care. I love that from Gareth, that point about riding nice and it being a nice feeling and a nice picture which is what dressage is all about and it's so lovely that that is what is being rewarded on mm. 
I mean, the world stage, world championship stage. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really loved hearing that from uh, from Gareth as well. And he is a really beautiful rider. He rides very, very quietly. And he's he's always said that his sort of main main aim in life is to, uh, yeah, to train his horses in a really lovely, gentle way um, and to ride them to ride them in that way in the ring as well. Um, he's very much a team rider. He's such a team player. He's really out here, you know, putting all of his effort into the team, hence why he he rode such a blinder even when he was feeling under the weather on, on Saturday. Um, and when it gets to the individual, you know, he, he said to me before, and he did say it again here, that he, he doesn't think about the gold medal. He thinks about what a gold medal would be for that individual horse. And, you know, coming out of, of a test, feeling the way he did after the special, you know, that's a gold medal for him and Brailinka, and I'm really happy for him. And hearing as well what you were saying about Charlotte's test, and obviously, again, I was watching it from afar, and Seeing how exciting that horse is going to be, I really loved her quote about her saying that he's like riding a go-kart. Yes. He offers is so much. And I think we're going to see, you know, grading from a go-kart to an F1 car in a, in a couple of years' time with that horse. He, is, he looks so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for her. Um, and of course, we can't not talk about the other sort of main player in, in that class in the special, which was... Denmark's Catherine Lordrup Dufour riding under her her new married name for the first time um, recently recently changed on the FEI database so we all now know what to call her yeah it's been it's been a, a really emotional week for her already um, she she won gold for Denmark in the team competition and yeah as we said was was pipped to the gold medal in the special by Lottie but she did win a, a silver medal which um, she was absolutely over the moon about um it's always wonderful to win a win a medal in front of a home crowd and uh yeah she rode some cracking tests on vamos amigos who is british owned actually so it's a lovely british link for us that uh, he is owned by the pidgeley family um annabella and sarah pidgeley and they're out here um supporting supporting denmark i think i saw annabella sporting a red danish uh, cap so <laughs> they've uh, switched allegiances temporarily i think which is fair enough did you watch any of Catherine's tests over the over the last couple of days, Lucy? I did. And these for me were, I loved them. I loved, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, Lottie Fry's gold medal winning test, my highlight. But Catherine's silver medal winning test and her team gold medal winning test were, they just looked joyful, which is something that I really enjoyed about them. And what was also exciting is it, in the special, it wasn't perfect, you know, mm. um, but it kind of showed what an athlete she is to be able to come back from the two time temperature changes didn't go to plan. And then straight after that, you've got a line of one times mm. and the smile that came on her face after in the one time changes, which did go to plan. And the fact that she was able to, to recover and get those so beautifully kind of shows what being a sportswoman is all about. And it was, I think she said it was a dream come true uh, to win a silver medal there and it must have been such a special moment in front of that home crowd. Yeah, I really think it was. And um, she, as we said, she's had a very emotional week, uh, not just competing, actually, but she also was officially retiring. The horse that really made her career, Atarapgard's Cassidy, he earned her three European individual gold medals. Um, and he's 19 now. He has eased off his sort of competition work over the last couple of years, um, and he has now been, been officially retired. There was not a dry eye in the house during his final appearance. And, you know, she just... 
was so keen to give him the kind of send off into retirement that he deserved. Um, and what I found really interesting was hearing her talk about him. Actually, I think it was just after her Grand Prix test um, because, you know, she she's riding here under a lot of pressure. And although she, like these other super riders like Charlotte and Lottie, you know, she she's great under pressure. But that doesn't always just happen naturally or easily. Um, and she talked about how Cassidy actually has helped her learn to respond well to pressure and competition. I was actually quite nervous this morning. And then I had a ride on Cassidy and then I was like, okay, this is why I'm so good riding with the pressure. Because he was like, come on, mommy, we're gonna have, now, now I'm saving the situation for you. And I had, no, I had a fantastic journey down at the stable. And I was almost crying because I mean, that just, I, it just made me realize it's because of him. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Two special horses for her this week. And bronze went to Dutch rider Dinja van Leer and a really exciting stallion, Hermes. Now, four years ago, they won bronze at the Young Horse World Championships when this easy game son was a six-year-old. And that would have been in 2018. And if my calculations are right, that would be the same year that a certain Glamourdale won his medal in the seven-year-olds. Is that right, Polly? Yes, that is correct. That was the year that Glamourdale was, yeah, seven-year-old world champion. Yeah. And now they've upped that bronze medal for a senior bronze. Uh, so what did she have to say, Polly? It sounds like there's even more to come from this horse. Well, yes, there really is. And that's what's really exciting. Um, Dinia has actually been making quite a quite an impact on, on the circuit recently. And again, I think... I think there was expectation for her to do well here, but maybe not. I, I think maybe people or not that many people expected her to do as well as she has done. And the first thing that struck me about Dinia, that this was the first time I, I'd met her, the first time I'd really, you know, chatted to her um, was... I think she's something of a perfectionist because she has produced two super tests here this week with really mega high scores. But she, you know, she really wants it to be known that it can be better. <laughs> she's really focused on what can be improved and what, you know, she's aiming to improve for, for the next time. Um, and that that's a real, you know, a really strong competitive mindset. Um, she talked a bit about Hermes. He's, he's quite young. He's 10. He's a stallion. She said he's really smart. She she describes him as being um, a clown. Uh, he thinks everything is funny. He's enthusiastic. He loves Aww. attention. She says he's another that is so much fun to ride. Um, he's got a really big ego. She says, and he loves that uh, that that salute at the end when the audience go you know go wild and start clapping. He thinks they're all there to watch him, which is just wonderful. And yeah, you know, I, I think she's right. I think there is more to come from this horse. He has a lot of talent for the collected work in particular. Um, and although, you know, she already has scored some really good good marks for that. I, I Yeah, I agree. I think there's more to come. I think they're a real, going to be a real force to be reckoned with, actually. I love hearing that insight of um, horses' personalities mm. and what they're like in the stable and how that kind of translates into, into what they can be like in the arenas and things. Um, sounds like he is a superstar for the future as Definitely. well as a superstar for now. Yeah, of so, course. Yeah. <laughs> um, now let's have a recap of the team medals, um, which were decided on the Grand Prix over the weekend. So it was a historic team gold for Denmark, a superb silver for Britain, and defending champions Germany took third. Polly, I'm going to say this because you deserve a credit and you're too modest to say it yourself, <laughs> but you nailed your team medal predictions in the Horse and Hound preview. 
Thank you, Lucy. Um, yeah, I was quite pleased with myself, actually. I, um, I, I said, and, and, and a few other people actually have said this, that uh, this was probably, well, for me, the hardest championship I've ever had to predict in terms of who was going to take the medals. Um, and we we put our preview to, to press on the day that the definite entries were, were confirmed. Um, but I had to write it, you know, I had to write those predictions a few days earlier. And it was really, really hard to work out what might what might happen and I mentioned on our on our preview podcast episode that I uh, I get a little bit uh, mathematical and I do go through and I, I toss up kind of uh, high high scores low scores average scores for the Grand Prix for our kind of top you know top competitors and try to work it out from there but but you just you just don't know what's going to happen at a championship and the thing that really kind of characterized this championship this team competition was how many horses were actually quite going to be quite unpredictable um eight out of the 12 horses that finished on the podium were at their first championship. And that that is that is quite something, I think. Um, and, you know, their riders said that they, they really didn't know how it was going to go. And that made it really hard to predict. But um, but I was I was optimistic for Britain. I thought that, you know, we had a very realistic chance of doing very well. Um, I did wonder if I'd been a, a tad too optimistic uh, predicting them to win silver over Germany. But as it happened, <laughs> they, they didn't just win silver over Germany. They were actually fighting it out for the gold. And it made for such an exciting competition. Yeah, they really were. It was just over a mark in it in the end, wasn't mm. it, between gold and silver. So... Tell us, tell us about the Brits. Tell us how they won silver. Well, it was one of those competitions where the leaderboard changes drastically over the over the course of the competition. Um, the way that it works for anyone who isn't quite sure is that the uh, there's four riders per per team, apart from a few that that only have three. But for the most part, they have four riders per team, and um, all the all one rider from every team rides in the first uh, rotation of riders, as we call it, and then the second rider from every team, then the third, then then the last rider, which is often known as the anchor rider, the anchor position. Um, and usually teams send out their best rider last to kind of lift, you know, really lift the team's overall score towards the, the end of the competition. And it means that the, that the sort of early standings, they are indicative, but they can often change so much. And that's what happened here. We, uh, Britain, were in 11th position after the first rotation of riders, um, which was a relatively unfamiliar place to be. Our first rider was Richard Davison. And the thing is, Richard rode very, very well. And he brought forward his uh, 16-year-old homebred gelding, Bubbling. And Bubbling was at his first championship. He's, he's 16, but this is his first major championship and he's always been a very uh a very nervous a very complicated horse he's quite complicated in his brain um Richard has sort of made it his life mission to (laughs) to work out you know what really goes on in that horse's head and to really try to you know um to help him become the best horse he can be and he is very very talented uh sadly here especially at the beginning of his test that the atmosphere the occasion got to him a little bit um his test improved as they went on but they they had a mark of of 68 percent which was um a bit lower than than certainly they are capable of um they're they're well capable of, of scoring into the 70s in the grand prix um and i know that richard was a little bit disappointed with that mark it left britain relatively low on the 
scoreboard after the first rotation. But he said himself that he he had expected to be the the lower score of the four, the the discarded score. And, you know, he, he said he was really banking on the other three to, to come through and, and pull those scores up. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on those those later riders for sure. And Gareth was up next. That's right. Yeah, he was Britain's second rider. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he was riding uh, with, with, with COVID. He wasn't feeling very well. They produced an incredible test considering the circumstances. Well, it was a very, very good test, even you know, with that not a factor. Um, they scored just an, a fraction underneath uh, six, uh, 76%, which was what Gareth said was his target. They, they would have gone over that if it wasn't for the crowd clapping at the end um, because, yeah, Brilinka really reacted. She was very wired at the very end of her test and because the crowd had already started to clap, she she just couldn't halt. She she PF'd at the end. Gareth said he looked at the judge at sea and the judge at sea looked at him back and just they, they sort of said, well, what can we do? This there's nothing Gareth could do. He had to accept that he was going to lose that halt mark, and it did cost him uh, a, a, probably, you know, a, a percent or so. But the next rider up was was Charlotte for for Britain um, with Imhotep, as we have already discussed a little bit. And it was unusual to see Charlotte in the third rider position actually, because Charlotte historically has always been that that high scoring last rider for Britain. And of course, with a much less experienced horse this year, um, she she went a little bit earlier. She she said she was so. Excited excited to get in the arena she really struggled sort of watching the first day and uh, and having to wait until it was her turn she just couldn't wait to get in there and get started um and uh she did say that she she liked the fact that the pressure was off a bit without being the last rider but um but you know she she's another one that relishes pressure and uh I think I think possibly she would have been quite happy to go last even if she wasn't quite sure what Imhotep was going to do but um <laughs> she uh you know she produced just a great test and Charlotte is always great to interview and she is so animated when she talks about her horses and it's no different with Imhotep. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with her about Imhotep and let's hear a bit of what she had to say about him out in Herning. I absolutely love that horse. He makes me smile from ear to ear every day. He's got so much power, so much expression. He wants to work every day. Like he just wants to please you every day. He never runs out of energy, which I absolutely love. I know by day three, I'm still going to be going. Um, <laughs> You know, and it's easy, it's just now getting him in that arena, getting him used to the sort of environments and giving him a nice time. He is such a cool horse, he really is. He really is, isn't he? And it's, like you said, it's so lovely to hear the way she talks about her horses, Mm. all of her horses, and uh, not least this exciting super rising star. And so finally, Polly, we do come to our team anchor. Uh, Lottie, again, tell us about her death. <laughs> Just can't stop talking about Lottie today. <laughs> um, Lottie, yep, she went last for Britain. Um, she took that high pressure slot and she coped with it absolutely brilliantly. Um, as I mean, you know, we, we always expected that she would. She rode a dynamite Grand Prix test. She really did. We mentioned um, some slight issues in the pirouettes, but that was really the only thing. Um, everything was fantastic. She scored lots and lots of tens and um she was the one that lifted britain i mean into silver and really close to gold they were like a, a point off and i mean i i had expected them to be battling it out for the germans for the silver medal and for the danes to be sort of home and dry you know um but it it, it didn't really play out like that we were the brits were much closer to gold than the 
than the Germans were to silver, if that makes sense, which is really exciting. And um, and yeah, you know, so much of that we owe to Lottie as, as anchor rider. There was a lot of pressure on her, as we said, and not least because Glamourdale is a horse that people have been so excited to see out here. And, you know, we're expecting pretty great things of. Um, I asked her actually how she how she copes with that sort of pressure. Um, well, it really drives drives me to be better, and of course, I need to do Glamadale justice because everyone knows he's amazing. So I have to show that I can also let him be amazing in that. And so, of course, there is a lot of pressure riding him, but yeah, it's great. We're such such a great team and have a great partnership, and hopefully, he loves me as much as I love him. Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful line. I hope he loves me as much as I love him. Yeah, I think that that really sort of sums up Lottie and Glamadale's relationship, actually. They are, you know, a wonderful partnership. Lottie loves her horses so, so much. And you can really tell, you know, the way that she talks about them. Her, her face really lights up. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Glamadale does love her as much as she loves him and as much as we all love them both. Oh, well, thank you so much, Polly. I think that is a perfect note to end on. A fabulous Danish side winning that home gold medal, Britain's incredible silver and the German bronze out there in Herning. Thank you so much for the update and enjoy the rest of your time in Herning. Thanks, Lucy. Throughout the year, Horse and Hound sends reporters out to all the biggest events in the equestrian calendar to cover the action for our weekly magazine and our website at horseandhound.co.uk. The coverage we bring you on these two platforms is different. The weekly magazine provides your comprehensive curated roundup. We reflect back on the big wins and analyse all the results with insight from our team and experts in the industry. Meanwhile, on our website, we bring you the news as it happens. We speak to the riders as they leave the arena and report their thoughts in lightning quick time, covering all the biggest stories as they unfold and often producing 10 or more stories every day online from a big show. The first five articles you read on our website are free each month and beyond that you need to buy a subscription. The cost of this reflects the fact that we need a bigger team at events when we are creating extra articles on our website and not only producing a magazine report. To buy a Horse and Hound website subscription, visit horseandhound.co.uk and click subscribe, or for great value, in the same place you can buy a combined magazine and website subscription. We know that magazine subscribers are our most loyal audience, and we really value your ongoing and vital contribution to our business. Therefore, if you are already a magazine subscriber, the cost to upgrade your subscription to include full website access is minimal. Call 0330-333-1313 to find out more. Oh, it's so great to hear from Lucy and Polly talking about the Dressage World Championships there. But of course, that wasn't the only sport last week. We also had the Magic Millions Festival of British Eventing at Gatcombe, an event that's been away for three years due to COVID with all those national British national championships at different levels for horses coming up through the ranks and at the very top. And I'm joined now to talk about it by a couple of my colleagues who were there reporting, Martha Terry and Gemma Redrup. Martha, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. You were at Gatcombe both days. How was it? Oh, it was lovely. It was such a beautiful, sunny, summery event. I mean, it did look a bit like a desert, but in fact, they'd done amazing things with the ground and um, all the riders said it was it was, it was was perfect for the horses. So 
Yeah, that's really good to hear. And Gemma, you were there on Sunday. I was sort of our second reporter on Saturday, although from home and not at Gatcombe. But you were there for the Sunday for the big British Open class and a couple of other classes that, that wound up on Sunday. How was it for you? Yeah, it was great. I've I've only been to Gatcombe once before, just for one day years ago. So it was it was great to be back there. It, was, it always seems to be quite a nice um, atmosphere there. So yeah, it was good. I always think of it as an event that has so much going on and uh, we really had to get into that timetable as a team this year and understand what was where, when, so we could cover all those classes as well as we could. But um, it felt like uh, between us, we managed to, to get to grips with it and uh, presumably there were lots of crowds there as well. Yeah, there were. I, I thought there were quite a few people there. Did you, Martha? Yeah, I thought it was pretty busy and I think they'd done a, a great effort with the main ring. So whenever there wasn't a class going on in the main arena, they had like they had these amazing hawks and a barn owl and they had Shetland spinning around that arena. I don't know how many times, but it just <laughs> meant that there were crowds all the time everywhere. And then they've got that lovely bowl sort of overlooking the, the second water with the house in the background. It's just it's really scenic and, and so hilly. You can see everything. It's great fun. I really enjoyed watching the falconry display, actually, and I didn't think I would. <laughs> and I, I spoke to Peter Phillips, who's now the event director for an interview for the magazine before the event, and he was saying they were having a bit more of a food and drink focus in the trade stands this year as well. So I don't know if anybody even got a chance to sample any food and drink or if you were far too busy running around for that. Sadly not. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> Did you, Martha? It was a bit busy, but I did, because um, um, you have to walk quite a long way to the start and the finish from the main arena, actually a really long way. And so I did manage to stop for an ice cream because it was about, I don't know, 28 degrees, um, which sounds not that hot, but it's quite hot when you're having to chug half a mile here and there all the time. Yeah, Martha did say that she'd done 30,000 steps just on Saturday alone, I think. so. Uh, and since... 120 floors. <laughs> all right sterling work there well let's talk about the competitions so saturday was the day when the intermediate and novice championships were taking center stage so because it's the order it happened in and therefore that's the way my brain works we're going to start with the evelyn partners british intermediate championship uh martha give us a rundown who who took the top spot in this one oh well it was it was so exciting it doesn't sound it when you hear that tom McEwen won for the third time in a row but actually the, the jumping phases were quite electric because there were, there were so few clears inside the time cross country, there were only a handful of show jumping clears. And so jumping really came to the fore. And Tom on Lunar Mist went very early in the show jumping, it was about eight o'clock in the morning. And the, the horse made it look so easy, I just thought everyone's gonna go clear. And it actually, it made a bit of a nonsense of how, far, how hard everyone found it later on, there were poles going everywhere. Um, and in fact, um, Oliver Townend was in the lead and second on his two mares, um, Taunton first class and Crazy Dudois in the other order. And um, they each wrapped a pole. So Tom gradually moved up um, and then he took first place because he went clear inside the time on the, on the final um, cross country phase. Well, we can hear from Tom talking about Luna Mist, that British Intermediate Championship winner now. Yeah, so Luna Mist to be with obviously starts off very early this morning. She had a lovely yeah. show jumping around and then she also was faultless in this country. Yeah. Uh, she cruised really well uh, and to make the time was very exciting um, for her. Um, she's got a huge amount of potential, very exciting future. Yeah. And actually made it feel relatively simple, which mm. was quite nice. Well, great to hear from Tom there talking about that special mare. Well, moving on to the Dodson and Horrell British Novice Championship. This was a bit of a uh, Oliver and Tom benefit as well, wasn't it, Martha? 
Yes. Well, the whole day seemed a bit like an Oliver and Tom benefit. They were popping up everywhere. Um, but um, Oliver came up trumps this time. He he led throughout on this horse, Finley Duloir, who he's only been eventing this year. It had competed in France a little bit before, but he did say it's new to eventing and it's only just learning the ropes. It was so impressive. It won the, led the dressage by miles and then jumped to double clear. He was so excited about this horse. He was like, he just kept saying it's top class, really top class. Could be a brilliant show jumper. It could be a brilliant eventer. It could be a brilliant dressage horse. It's just, he's excited about it. Mm, well, I think we had the opportunity to hear from Oliver himself talking about, about Finlay Dulois and that, uh, that result now. You know, we've only had him this year, but he's been high class all the way through. He's very, very green at times a little bit naughty, but if all he did was dressage, he could become a very good dressage horse. If all he did was show jump, he could become a jumper. He's very, very good. He's new to the new to the sport, um, but he was quick enough today to win the novice championships, and his form's very good all the way through. Wow. Well, it looks like uh, Oliver thinks that Finley Delois is one that we should definitely be looking out for in the future. And Oliver was second in that class as well on Samiro Cruz MC, Martha. Yes, he didn't say so much about this, that horse, I think, because he's so excited to have what he described as the best novice horse in the country, which is obviously what the, the festival eventing is all about, um, finding the best in their, in their peer group. So, but he just said he's, he's done absolutely nothing wrong. He's galloped around inside the time. He's, um, you know, he's, he's been in his system since he was three years old. Um, he's won his, he's won two intermediates already. Um, so he's, and I, he's also got the kind of pedigree that Oliver loves. He's got Romero B as his grandson, I think. So, um, yeah, he's excited about him too, but he, he was all about the winner today, today, yesterday, whenever it was. On the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough to Oliver with that one too. And of course, Tom McEwen was third in that class with Falaise de Riverland. Martha, you spoke to Tom about that mare as well. Yeah, he was he was really pleased with her as well. She um, she did have a rail down in the show jumping, but he said it was a it was a lovely round. It's quite hard not to have a rail down there. That show jumping is so undulating, and a lot of horses look very unbalanced. But um, with her, they said it was sort of a bit of a test um, to see what she she'd be like in the future, to see if she'd dig in. Gatcombe does provide that rail test, see if she enjoy it. And he said she absolutely loved it. Um, she'd have learnt an awful lot and, and he was he was thrilled with, with coming third. Of course, he could have, you know, won both of them. But I think with Oliver and Tom, you know, they could have topped all classes and that would be the only way they're really happy. But it was it was great all round for him. And before we move on to talking about the results in the British Open, it's probably just worth mentioning that in both the British Open and the Intermediate Championship, the entries were quite small. Like we were looking at sort of 20, 20 well, 25, 30 in the, in the Intermediate and 20-ish in the British Open, which felt like a real shame. And I know you had some conversations over the weekend, Martha, with a couple of riders about, about that and about the value of, of Gatcombe as a fixture and, and how they rate it. Do you want to tell us a little about that? Because I thought it was a really interesting interesting part of the conversations that you had over the weekend. It was really interesting. It was really the first thing that Pippa Funnel wanted to talk about before she talked about her horses. She she just said it's so, so sad that riders aren't backing this event because it's it's such a premier event. It really teaches you whether you've got a good horse. Um and and Oliver was the same. He said he he actually said he thought there should be a British Young Rider Championships here so that you, know, you can really see who are the, the cream of the crop. And he says, I feel like when I leave this place, the horses have come on for it and I ride better after I've been here because you have to sit on your backside and react to cope with those hills. 
and it's really good for the horses and it, and it shows their caliber. And he also said that, um, I think he was actually quoting William Fox, but that it's the only place where you put, you can put your horse at a, against other horses that are established at that level of the same age. And then you know that you've got the best horse of that category in the country. And that's a kind of a real crown and an aspiration. He thinks it's, it's a real shame that riders aren't supporting it. And Pippa, mm. Pippa thought that it was possibly because people are so worried about having a 20 or a retirement on their, on their record. And that is quite likely to happen at Gatcombe. Um, but, but actually we saw, we saw great rounds jumped all day long. Um, there was never a, a sort of nasty moment to watch. All the fences jumped beautifully. I thought it was, it was, it was really encouraging. I definitely never thought watching on the live stream that um, there were horses who were losing confidence from being there or anything along those lines. And um, it's always been the case that you get some horses in the open that maybe don't run cross country if they're going to be championships and so on. But it just feels like that class is dwindling a little rather than growing, which is a real shame. And Mark Phillips has touched on that and on some of the cross country riding as well in his column in this week's magazine. So that one is worth a read as well. Let's talk about that big class, the Magic Millions British Open Championship. Have to say with all these classes, although some of the fields were small, the quality at the top was absolutely top class. And the fact that we're saying that there weren't a great many entries doesn't, I don't think, take away from the horses and riders who who took those top spots. So Gemma, we're going to uh, lean on your expertise for this one as you were the woman who was focused on that British Open, uh, particularly on Sunday. So tell us about the winner. Yeah, so the winner was Tim Price on Vitali, um, and they they led the dressage on a 23. The horse is very smart on the flat. Uh, they then had three time faults in the show jumping, but actually Tim wasn't disappointed with that at all. He was he was delighted to have managed to have jumped a clear round on the horse. I think he said he had a couple down at Le Moulin five star earlier this year, and it, this last weekend was very much. Um, him gearing the, trying to gear the horse up for a crack at Burley um, next month. Um, and yeah, he, he jumped a lovely uh, cross-country round and just had four time faults around. And it's around a track like at Gatcombe, that, that course is very, very hard to get the optimum time. So, you know, that's he, he went quick enough um, to, to only get four time faults. And yeah, he looked really smart. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Vitali is a horse who, he went to the Tokyo Olympics last year and I don't think at the beginning of the year anyone would have said he'd have been Tom's top choice for that Olympic call-up. But went to the Olympics, went well, um, without being sort of in the very top ranks. But this feels like a bit of a, a coming of age for him. And um, what did we were, I know you spoke to Tim about his performance, Gemma, but it wasn't unfortunately a situation where the sound quality was good enough for us to play in what Tim said. But you, you help us out here. What did Tim say to you about the horse and how he went? Yeah, no, so he's, he said um, of the cross country, he said he saw a few waiting distances because um, the horse's stride can get a bit longer and then the distances get a bit a bit shorter, obviously. So it, he said it was difficult to give him a smooth run everywhere, but all in all, he had a great round and, and he said that the horse came home very well. And Oliver Townend took second in that class with Mark and Angela Chamberlain's homebred Dreamliner. I think uh, it is a bit of a dream for, for, for the Chamberlains who are long-term supporters of the sport in so many ways to have this homebred doing so well with Oliver at the very top of the sport, that uh, that, that grey horse. And uh, Oliver was pretty chuffed with him as well, Gemma. Yeah, he was he was really happy with him. So he had a 30.1 dressage and then uh, two time faults in the show jumping and actually managed to finish bang on the six minutes 25 optimum time so finished a couple of penalties adrift of Tim but yeah that fast round definitely helped him he yeah 
he was delighted with him. He said you wouldn't think of him as a quick horse, but at the same time, he's by Jumbo, who had a lot of stamina and is out of a th full thoroughbred mare. So he, he said he knew he'd get the trip. Um, but, but he is a big horse who, who, to quote Oliver, is about two ribs too long. But the most important thing is he's, he's very genuine. Um, so, yeah, he, w he was delighted in Oliver's good weekend continued because he was also fourth on John Peace's Lucas. So, yeah, it's a happy hunting ground for Oliver, I think, Gatkin. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And Sir John Peace is also very much at the forefront for Oliver all weekend. Well, we haven't spoken, Martha mentioned her earlier, but uh, Pippa yeah. Funnel, who was sandwiched in third, she was the last out on the cross country in that reverse order class. And uh, it was it was exciting, but it was an up and down day for Pippa, wasn't it? Yeah, poor Pippa. She didn't get off to, well, she led the show, she led after the show jumping on um, Billy Walkon, who's owned by Barbara and Nicholas Walkinshaw. And yes, they did a 24.4 dressage, clear inside the time show jumping, and then um, had um, just 8.4 time faults cross country. So finished in eventual third. And she was, yeah, delighted with that horse. Um, but her first round was on Myers Hope, who had gone quite well and was, was in a good position going, going into that final phase. But unfortunately, she tipped off at um, I think 6B, which was a corner. She said, um, <laughs> it's quite funny, she said it was rider error. She usually always, and that she usually always wants to add strides. And for once she had a good shot over the, there's like a corner hedge before this second part, which again, like I say, another corner. Uh, and she thought she was going to get up, like get those, get the four strides, but she, that she ended up too far off and he couldn't get one knee out the way and it just tipped her off. So she said that it wanted it to be she wanted it to be a good warm-up ride for uh, Billy Walk on who obviously she went last on like you said but just didn't quite go to plan <laughs> but she was fine and the horse was fine yeah no it was unfortunate Pippa sort of fell off backwards which is very unusual and um, in mm. eventing like you nearly always sort of end up sort of coming down forwards over the horse's shoulder and she was sort of hanging off backwards and it looked quite uh, quite uh, uncomfortable but obviously uh, she and it did all also almost look like she might be able to hang on but anyway yeah. she wasn't able to hang on but obviously <laughs> she was well enough to ride uh, to ride Billy walk on later in the day yeah, we were sat in the media centre watching it on the live stream and we're like, please stay on, please stay on. But sadly, uh, gravity took over. Yeah. Well, it was uh, it was a great weekend of sport. And just to uh, to sort of complete the championship classes that took place, there were a couple of others, and we'll just speak about the winners of these ones. So the Corinthian Cup, the top spec national restricted novice championship, a great class for some riders who are a bit less well known to us. But uh, Martha, just tell us about the winner of that one. So the winner was Amy Barlow riding a horse called Ewan, if that's how you pronounce it, who was such a cool little horse. He's about 15-1 and Amy was saying that she loves him so much and she just feels she has to keep her weight down to, to keep riding him because when she bought him, he had really big knees and really big feet and she thought, well, he's going to be over 16 too. And then he just never grew. So, um, but she adores him and she calls him her pet. But in fact, he was very, very naughty when she first got him. She, he used to buck her off the whole time because she bought him unbroken. And um, everyone was like, why are you persevering? And she just said, I, I just love him. And um, he's got wonderful jump and, and he's my pet. And, and here he is, you know, winning the top cup for grassroots riders. So it's been amazing for her. She does hope that he's going to be the horse that takes her up um, to the top levels. She does ride professionally, but she rides mostly young horses. And she thinks he's her, her ticket to the higher levels. So that's really exciting for her to, to win and complete on her dressage school. So 
And she, he, he only cost her, two, I think, £2,000, wasn't it, as well? I know, they, at the Gatcombe, they bring the winning horses into the main arena to, to do the prize-giving, just led. And when he, when he came in, I said to Martha, I was like, oh, my God, I love him. He's the cutest thing, but obviously a bit of a machine as well. That's, yeah, that's right. She bought him unbroken as, as an as a unbroken four-year-old for two grand. Um, yeah. He's worth a little bit more now. Not bad. <laughs> and I, she has my sympathy in having to keep her weight down because since I also ride a horse, which is 15-1 and I'm not particularly a short person. So <laughs> I'm with Amy on that one, but really good for her. And the other class that we should talk about is the Retraining of Racehorses National Trainers Federation Retrained Racehorse Championship. This was an interesting one because they had to do two rounds of show jumping. Um, and who came out on top in that, Martha? Well, this was a lovely winner because it was Andrew Downs who'd had a bit of a a bad time the day before when his bridle broke. So with on a different horse in the novice championship. So to win um, on the final day with Gold Nugget, um, he actually beat Tom McEwen, who was in the lead. Um, So they do dressage cross country and show show jumping cross country on the first day. And then they do a final round of show jumping just for the top 10 in reverse order. So it gets quite exciting. Um, And... Tom Kim was in the lead, dropped a rail on Dream Big, and so Andrew Downs took took the trophy, um, which was was a lovely reward after after having a broken bridle. Well, good for Andrew Downs. And I would also say that uh, nice to see Tom McEwen's dream big out and on good form. She is the horse who uh, some people will remember had a fall in the show jumping at Bramham. She was well placed after cross country, went clear in the time. And I think you were there with me, Gemma, and we saw it. She had a nasty fall right in front of us. It was the middle part of the treble, like the, and it was the, I'm sure the treble was the final jump at at Bramham there actually, or if not, there was only one after it. And it was just bizarre, wasn't it, Pippa? And such a shame. So yeah, really, really lovely to see her back out and um, enjoying herself and Tom too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're right. It was that final treble right beside the press office and she sort of came yeah. through the through the middle element and, and, and smashed down at the bottom of the third element. So lovely to see her back on her feet and out and about and, and doing well in that retrained racehorse championship. Well, Martha, Gemma, thank you so much for joining me to look back at Gatcom. Final thing I wanted to mention was that there was a horse who went well in the intermediate championships called Shadow Mini Moon. She was 10th under Felicity Collins. And I thought she was worth a particular mention this week. Week because she is by a Connemara stallion called Glen Carrig Dolphin, who was actually part of Britain's pony eventing team at the Pony European Championships last week under a rider called Lucy Bagley. Lucy's mother is Nicola Bagley, um, used to be Nicola Brown, who stood Mill Law, the stallion, and uh, they now have this little Connie stallion, Glen Carrig Dolphin, who not only stands as a stallion, but also Lucy competes. And uh, as I say, was on the Pony European Championships team last week. So he was competing at the Pony European Championships while having a horse that he had side running in the intermediate championships and being placed in the top 10 which I think is a nice little fact. I did actually watch Shadow Mini Moon um, do both her jumping phases I've got a bit of a soft spot for her she is a beautiful dapple grey mare and she flies Felicity Collins must be so excited about her and I looked up their record they haven't even had a a cross-country jumping penalty together in um, all the time they've been competing she's really one to watch. And I think actually she uh, actually she jumped in the um event as challenger Hickstead as well Shadow Mini Moon so she's had a busy couple of weeks and Glad Carrick Dolphin finished actually 16th at the Pony European Championships as a member of that British team so uh, fun fact there with Shadow with Shadow Mini Moon also going well last weekend well that really is the end of our, our Gatcom Roundup segment thank you so much Lucy and Martha Well, thank you to all of my horse and hound colleagues for talking us through both the Dressage World Championships and Gatcombe. And of course, to all the riders who help us to gather those little sound clips during events, which really bring their thoughts to life for you on the podcast. 
We have more World Championships action for you next week when we'll look back on the dressage freestyle, the show jumping and the power dressage action. We'll also preview the British Show Pony Society Summer Championships, speaking to top showing producers Sarah Parrott and Craig Eleanor about their BSPS memories and how they're preparing for this year's championship show. Speak to you then. The Horse and Hound Podcast is a Media Cage production.